<laughs> All, All right. right. <laughs> Episode 21. 21. Six months wow. in. We can finally drink. <laughs> <laughs> Could you uh, imagine this podcast if we were drinking? I don't want to imagine this podcast. Yeah, it would not pass case. the Abbott's approval. Yeah. Which is probably wise. Yeah. 21, though. Wow. So people have been listening to us to, to, if you've been listening since the beginning. Yeah. You've been listening to us talk for about 21 hours. Yeah. Yeah. So that means like my dad, my aunt, and Bruce. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. Actually, uh, Bruce, so one of the listeners is Bruce Sisler, who's an alum of Del Barton and mm-hmm. uh, father of Mitch Sisler, who's a sophomore. And uh, Bruce is a big baseball fan, and he's a, uh, he's an umpire. And he's an excellent umpire. He, actually, we were uh, discussing it uh, a couple days ago. I was with some of the coaches, and um, they have an umpire shortage in the state right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember last year, Bruce texted me and he said, "Hey, we, we're, we're gonna, uh, I'm, I'm assigned to your game," and I'm like, "You told them that, you know, like you're affiliated with the school." They're like, "Yeah, they're like they, you know, can't do anything about it because they're so short on guys," you know. Wow. But it was, and I'm not just saying this because we won, but he he was probably the best nub we had all year. Right. Well, that's I mean that's like any field though, isn't it? Like I mean, you rag on people, you don't want people to do their, you know. You give people a heck of a hard time because of the job they're running. And then all of a sudden you wonder why you don't have people in that job. Yeah. You know, I mean, look at like, you know, I know, I know a guy, Tobias Scorfone. He's probably dead now. When I, when I knew him, he was in his 80s. He sounds he, like a made up gangster. He was Italian, like straight Italian. Grew up under Mussolini. He was that old. Um, but he's a brick worker. Sat for a master's exam. Heck of a nice guy. Um, very skilled you know he retired and he had to come back out of retirement because there was just no one that could do high-end brickwork mm-hmm. um because actually it was ironic the the catholic church is one of the main ones that forced him back out of retirement they pushed they basically pulled the church card on the you know old italian man because uh they needed some uh stonework fixed up in the cemetery uh. and just like no one else can do it tab you're not gonna do it. You're really gonna let these old widows be all upset because their their husband's grave is not 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 up to par. Yeah, you gotta love bishops who know how to guilt people. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know it's kind of like a dying art bricklaying. Any of it, like bricklaying. What young well, plumbers? Who's the, who's the last young person said? Yeah, I'm I'm going into bricklaying. And yet you make it. I mean, yeah. And with bricklaying, especially because you have to lay concrete, you know, it's concrete has a very small window of weather that's yep. acceptable. Mm-hmm. So you're not laying it in the rain. You're not laying it when it's 110 degrees out. Mm-hmm. You're not laying it when it's like 40 degrees out. When it comes to a skilled construction job, being a mason is not a bad gig. You have to plan, you know, like like he said, like, you know, if you go into this line of work, assume Three and a half months out of the year, you're not getting in your hourly wage. Plan for that. You plan for that, you're golden. Because hmm. you're making like 85 an hour or more. Now, it's a hard job. It's a hard gig. But you get that skill set built up. I mean, you're making, you're making money. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's there's less and less people that do it, so I'd imagine they can, because of that, they can charge more. Mm-hmm. Captive audience. Yep. You know? And also wait wait time. I was actually a couple of years ago. It was right before the pandemic. They were talking about it because there was again a shortage. Mike Rowanat was on it. You know, again, like there are some places that if you want a brick cased house, mm-hmm. add an extra two years construction time. Just by the time it takes, not because it takes two years to brick case a house. I mean, I, I know for a fact you can brick case a house in under a week. Mm-hmm. Big house. Yeah. If you got guys doing their job, <laughs> but because there's just that much of a backlog. Like, good luck finding a guy that can do it. Yeah. And once you find a guy, all right, you're on his wait list. He'll call you. So a lot of guys get their house built, and they have, like, that R-Max on the back. And then they'll they'll come brick case it later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and hope the HOA don't find the bejesus out of you. Mm-hmm. But, but a lot of films are dying, man. Like, a lot of arts are dying. Like, uh, I was listening to Rogan not too long ago, and he was saying how, like, he hates... Uh, you know, like, he would never start out in comedy now. Because just, like, the, the tightrope you have uh, to like, walk. It's like a minefield now in terms of, like, you say yeah. the wrong thing. and Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's kind of what we were talking about uh, before we got on about what we wanted to talk about was, mm-hmm. you know, what uh, what's, what's funny and what is sort of crossing the line. It's called a setup, yeah. brother Will. <laughs> and I'll spike. There you go. No, oh, and, yeah. and it's true, like, depending on, and I, and I think that depends, too, on environment and who. Like, a joke you could make with, on the jiu-jitsu mats, with that clientele, is going to be very different than the joke or commentary or comments you could make in, in a, a church in a church or yeah. a border, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. You know, I know some jiu-jitsu guys that are, you know, doctors, Board certified, well respected doctors. Stuff they could say in the jiu-jitsu world is going to be very different than stuff they could say in the OR. Right. Um, but it is interesting. Such as, you sure about that vaccine? Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. You know, like when you have one doctor, like, yeah, I, I want to get it. Like, really? It's like, oh, I can't say that at work, but not here. Yeah, I want to get it. Yeah. As he looks at you know one one of the high school kids and like. Don't, don't don't do it, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why I love stand-up comedy is because at when done correctly, it's a space where you can pretty much say anything. Yeah. And it's like, okay, the gloves are off. We don't have to put on, you know, the corporate mask. You know, you have to talk like this when you're in the office. Mm-hmm. We don't have to put on, you know, this professional whatever. You could just kind of say what you want to say. And it's everyone, you know, in a perfect world, everyone that's at the show kind of agrees, like, all right, we're going to say some stuff here that's probably going to be, you know, a little wild, a little off the wall. Yep. You know? But we're all agreeing that, like, we're no one is coming from a place a bad place when they're saying it. Right. You know? It's like when, when Rogan talks about, you know, you know, when he brings up some crazy opinion in, in his stand-up, mm-hmm. and people are like, oh, and he's like, I don't actually think that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm just saying it for effect. You know? Yeah. I love this whole skit on that. Like, it's my job to make you laugh. If a lie is funnier than the truth, I'm going to lie to you. Right. Unless I tell you I'm telling you the truth. Right. And even then, if a lie is funnier, I reserve the right to lie to you. Yeah. You're not going there to hear, you know, a sermon. Right. You're going there to hear, 
some stuff that you don't normally hear in everyday life. That's what makes it fun and funny. Something outrageous, extreme. But that's one thing, too, though, I think is... Because back in the day, like, I remember going to... It's called Sing Sing. It was a piano bar in Pittsburgh. Well, technically Homestead, which is outside of Pittsburgh. It's where that riot was, where the, you know, uh, Carnegie... Not Carnegie. Vic? Michael Vic? No, one of, <laughs> one of the heads of U.S. Steel. I can't remember if it was Morgan or Frick or one of the robber barons was able to call up the Pennsylvania governor and get the union broke apart because the Pinkertons weren't strong enough to break them up. Mm-hmm. So he, he he basically had the governor bring in the National Guard and a lot of people got shot. But it, it's that town. Um, but they have a piano bar there, but they also do stand-up. And I remember back in the day, if you went, like, you could get ripped on hard. But no one ever got up and left. Like, you could rip into people, rip into how they are, how they're dressed, how they look, who their woman is, who their guy is, X, Y, Z, what they're drinking, what they're eating. And yeah, people could be seen visibly upset, but you'd try, there was sort of the unwritten rule of, don't show you're upset. Yeah. Nowadays, it seems like it's flipped. Like, it's been a while since I've been to a comedy club. I have actually, haven't actually been to one since the pandemic. But, like, you see stuff. You even see, like, stand-up acts that are recorded and put on YouTube. And it seems like that rule is no longer in place. Like, people are fine now storming out. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and like, that's your prerogative. Like, you already paid for the ticket. Right. If you're that upset and you want to leave, that's fine. You know, it's sort of like... Reminds me of a, a Mike Tyson interview when a guy he was Mike was cursing on TV and mm-hmm. the guy was like Mike why do you got to talk like that and he's like well if people don't like it they can turn the channel mm-hmm. now it's different for TV because there's different rules right you know it's a different sort of uh, you know different manner you have to have but like in a comedy club it's like you you go in knowing that they're gonna say some some wild stuff right you know and and actually it's funny you bring up Tyson you see Tyson called out uh, Conor McGregor this week. For a match? No. No. He basically said, look, your your showboat and personality that what you're doing to get fights, it, it's not good for the art. Kind Tyson of said that to McGregor? Yeah. Uh, now, it's funny coming right? from him. Like, right? You know, I, I wouldn't take advice from Mike Tyson about how to be the face of a sport. Oh, come on. His yeah. face is iconic. <laughs> well, his face is iconic, <laughs> but... Uh, n- not for the best reasons in, in some ways. I mean, one of the greatest fighters ever, you know, and his fights are so entertaining because he's so ferocious. Oh, dude, his his peekaboo system is just ridiculously yeah. effective. Yeah. And his punching power is insane. Yep. I would have, like, I would love to see, like, Tyson in his prime versus, like, Usman. Yeah. Like, that would be just ridiculous. And he had the, his coach had the greatest boxing coach name of all time. Remember his coach's name? Oh, I forget. Cus D'Amato. That was it, yep. That is awesome. Yep. That's an awesome coach name. And ironically, uh, from what I hear uh, from people, I've never met the 